Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Will of updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. A mixed bag of precipitation is being seen across the nation's midsection as we speak, including the eastern two-thirds of North Dakota, South Dakota, and western Minnesota. A light glaze of ice may be that first step out the door this morning. Light snow and freezing rain also being seen in some areas. The National Weather Service says the majority of the snow will be falling this afternoon and into tomorrow morning. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi says grain traders will be watching the winter storm impacting the Midwest. Well, it sure helps on the moisture situation for next year across the, the northern and central plains where you're expecting a fair amount of snow. Uh, that's a good way to receive moisture at this time of the year. And I, the market didn't pay a lot of attention to it today, but nonetheless, I think it's something that'll put a kind of a, a wet blanket, if you will, on new crop corn and soybeans for next year. That uh, Those new crops are very uh, worried about uh, the U.S. being in the driest position for early December on record. We'll see how this all plays out going forward, but thankful to get some moisture, at least out of the system, even if it is snow. And traders will be watching the results of this week's Federal Reserve meeting. U.S. Uh, Central Bank coming out Wednesday with another rate hike. Uh, we've got the all-important CPI data, inflation data coming out. We'll see how that comes in. We think inflation is ebbing. Uh, the top is in in terms of the inflation spiral, but that still doesn't mean we're going to be able to put inflation back in its 2% bottle. That genie is going to stay lingering, we think, longer. So U.S. interest rate hikes will probably stay uh, higher for as we look forward to 2023. As mentioned, that consumer price index will be released this morning. Those November numbers will likely influence tomorrow's Fed decision on interest rates. The Federal Reserve Open Market Committee is meeting today and tomorrow. They're expected to increase interest rates by at least 50 basis points. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is proposing a one-week extension to the continuing resolution, giving negotiators more time to put together an omnibus spending bill. If Congress can't reach an agreement by Friday, two contingency plans are in place. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has suggested the current CR could be extended through September of next year. With Republicans taking control of the House in January, other lawmakers want to push that issue into early next year. The port of Odessa is operating once again. That port was shut down Saturday after Russian drone strikes knocked out power for much of southern Ukraine. Odessa is one of the three ports being used to ship grain under the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Meanwhile, the European Union met yesterday to discuss additional sanctions against Russia there's been no decision, but additional meetings are taking place today. North Dakota Farmers Union is preparing for the new farm bill. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. North Dakota Farmers Union Government Relations Director Matt Perdue says besides focusing on crop insurance, the Working Farm Bill Group wants to change the Livestock Indemnity Program permanently. So on livestock, we looked at two different programs, the Livestock Forage Program, really making sure that those calculated feed costs reflect um, the actual cost of feeding cattle in a, in a situation of severe drought, cattle or other livestock. The other program that we looked at is the Livestock Indemnity Program. Uh, during this past spring, we were successful in getting USDA to, to ensure 
sure calves under 250 pounds got the same payment rate um, that calves uh, above that to up to 400 pounds got. Um, we want to make that a permanent change. We think it's very good policy and we don't think that farmers and ranchers should be scrambling every time there's a natural disaster to try to figure out how they can access the support they need to stay afloat. Purdue says the toughest issue is to tackle on setting priorities for the next farm bill was looking at climate smart programs. I think our group first and foremost said we want voluntary climate programs that support farmers who adopt good practices in their operations, but we do not want the government coming in and telling us how to farm. Um, one of the proposals that they've brought forward is making sure that those programs that exist, like EQIP and CSP, that they have sufficient funding to meet current demand. So roughly 30% of EQIP applications are awarded funding in the state of North Dakota. We see producers that are hungry for that funding, who want to adopt good practices in their operation, and we want to make sure that we have the support they need to do that. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Executives from the Union Pacific Railway will face the Surface Transportation Board today and tomorrow. The UP issues more traffic embargoes than any other Class 1 railroad. The number's gone from less than 30 in 2017 to nearly 900 this year. The UP does not serve the Red River Farm Network area, but does have lines moving from the Twin Cities to southern Minnesota. This is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has announced an investment of $325 million for 70 climate-smart agriculture projects. Vilsack expects at least 60,000 farmers to participate in one or more of those projects. More than 25 million acres will be engaged and involved in projects across the country. All sizes of farming operations involved. All commodities. All methods of production and projects in every single state of this great country. Tax planning is something that should be done year-round, but NDSU Extension Farm Management Specialist Ron Haugen has a list of tax planning items to be aware of. First is the government payments received this year. Well, the payments that we got in 2022, those, those, they were called the emergency relief payments. Um, those actually were from disasters of previous years. So those must re be reported this year. Um, you can't defer those. Um, that's something that that's uh, there's a lot of gray areas in the income tax law, but that's definitely black and white. There, you cannot defer those. Accelerated depreciation machinery purchases are also tools to adjust income. The 179 expense where you can write off equipment that's still in place and that's indexed up for inflation then, and uh, so that's something to be considered, as well as. This is the last year of the 100% bonus depreciation, where after you do a 179 expense, you can still do 100% bonus depreciation. And uh, But that's scheduled now, provided Congress doesn't change anything, it's scheduled to, to phase out. So in 2023, it's going to be down to 80% and then keep phasing out. Solutions to big problems sometimes have small hiccups to work out. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. New and expanding small to mid-sized meat processing facilities in the U.S. continues. 
Koima Koima and Verilix, Brad Koima says he's happy to see the expansion, but that with cattle numbers down due to drought across the country, he's hoping supply remains steady enough to maintain success. I think it's awesome that they're expanding. I think it's awesome to have more smaller plants. Uh, you know, we've all had struggles dealing with the big four, can't get a bid out of them or whatever. So it's nice to have more competition for the producer, of course, and I'm delighted to hear about it. I worry that their timing is not great because if you're going to go into tighter supply, there's so many cattle to go around. And, and you know, I mean, bigger, unfortunately, does have its benefits. Koima explains that marketing will play a big role in the success of expanding smaller packing facilities. I hope that all the smaller people can make it. I think there's going to be some challenges for them, you know, procuring cattle when these numbers get a little tighter. But, you know, if they can find a way to sell it, uh, you know, maybe it's a typical the deal where you buy some good cattle from like these producers in this part of the world and and you can sell it that hey this is a, this is high choice and prime this this is worth a little bit more you know maybe it'll be fine but i think there's going to be some struggles with the supply side of the thing reporting for the red river farm network i'm whitney pittman thanks to mother nature weed control was difficult this past year syngenta technical development lead dean grossnickel says that will impact weed management in the year ahead. Uh, we know that we got probably a bigger weed seed bank to deal with uh, because we were challenged in our weed control. And so what that means to us is we need to probably think about going with a more uh, stout residual uh, early on. And uh, again, hope we get that timely rain to get it incorporated. And then we want to be out there in a timely fashion to get that overlapping weed control um, uh, to take us home. and. And really, to me, that means, you know, having those stout residuals up front. Gross Nichols says this concept works for multiple crops. For like the sugar beets and, and what have you, it's understanding, uh, making sure that you're timely out there with those residual products and whatever you can use um, post-emergence and having diversity in application, whether it be with a cover crop sometimes or cultivation, some, some other form of complexity to help control some of these tough-to-control weeds. North Dakota State University Extension Livestock Specialists are advising producers to pay close attention to their animals with this winter storm system coming. Producers need to make sure the provided feed is meeting energy and protein demands of the livestock. And with substantial snowfall in the forecast, be sure animals have access to food and water. Livestock that are grazing cover crops also may be, need to be supplemented with extra forage. Reporting Agriculture's Business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The pain from the agricultural labor shortage is being seen at all levels. CHS Senior Vice President of Enterprise Customer Development, Gary Halverson, says that's due to the baby boomers who are leaving the workforce. Uh, right now, I think in the U.S. we're short 70,000 truck drivers. By, by, uh, in five years, we'll be short 160,000 truck drivers. That, there is no solution to, to, to finding the human capital, the bodies that it takes to do those jobs. The, to retain and recruit employees, ag companies must offer competitive salaries and benefit packages. Um, beyond that, you know, the millennial generation really wants a purpose-driven organization. And so for us, our purpose is creating connections to empower agriculture, and that resonates well with that generation. And that's a generation that grew up with Harry Potter, right? So they look at the world as, you know, teams of people, and we'll all work together, and, 
Uh, but Generation Z is a different one because they, they grew up with, you know, a, a completely different look on life and behave more like baby boomers. They're ultra competitive uh, and they want to climb quickly and, and their expectations are really high. Halverson says ag companies are also looking at technology to help fill the gap in the labor market. According to Westbred Regional Account Manager Peter Comas, wheat seed decisions are being made earlier and earlier. It's really helping them understand what's best for their farm, um, how to manage those acres, and, and the spreading out their risk with multiple varieties across their farm, uh, what to fit on what soil type next year, um, the places variety there, places variety here, and uh, yeah, definitely decisions are being made earlier about that. Um, so that's really cool to see that wheat is starting to uh, be thought about as a as a, a huge crop, not just a rotational rotational piece of their farm. Coma says 2023 could be a big year for wheat producers. Wheat had a phenomenal year in 2022 across all of, uh, the northern region, which is North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. Um, yeah, we had some late planting, but man, the wheat just really shined from north to south, east to west, all the way across the states, especially up here in that northern valley area. Um, so wheat's going to have another big year. Checking markets this morning, Minneapolis wheat seven and three quarter cents higher for March, 924 the quote. May eight and three quarter higher. Chicago wheat for March at seven sixty five and a quarter better. Hard red winter wheat March six and three quarter higher. March corn six fifty six and a quarter two and a quarter higher. July two and a quarter higher as well. January soybeans fourteen sixty eight that's seven and a half higher. March soybeans seven cents higher at fourteen seventy two and a half. Checking the farm calendar, the Dakota Innovation Research and Technology Workshop, the DIRT Workshop, is going on. Uh, started yesterday, continues through tomorrow. That is taking place in Fargo. Also, as we look to the farm calendar, the South Dakota Cattlemen's Association hosting the annual convention and trade show. That's underway right now in Pierre, South Dakota. And on the uh, farm calendar, uh, take note, Rancher's Night Out is coming up in um, Devil's Lake. That will be Thursday starting at 5 p.m. They'll have a free supper and then the meeting at 6 p.m. They'll talk about feed rations, uh, supplementing the hay crop, and forage options on subpar ground. Rancher's Night Out in Devil's Lake at Lake Region uh, Livestock. Be careful of the roads this morning. Do take care. This is the Red River Farm Network.